In in the the area of like vaccines, there's been a pretty good history of of vaccines for at least for us to look back on and and see how a vaccine was made, what the results were long term. And there are some pretty successful ones. I, I absolutely agree with you. Right now, we're looking at you know the COVID vaccine, and there's a lot of companies that are have been racing to to get a vaccine out, and they're they're using what they're considering. I think they call it a third generation vaccine, which is a little bit different than some of the historical vaccines that that we've seen in the past. Uh, one of the th- one of the vaccines for uh, polio. I think they said that that's like a first generation vaccine where the early vaccines basically were giving people a a dying or dead version of the virus or whatever, you know, that would infect them and give it to them in an injection and people's body would then see it as a foreign invader market and then create the antibodies for it. But as you go through these different generations, the technology is different. And I thought early on when, when Trump was talking about, yeah, I think we've got a couple of potential vaccines. We're going to be, you know, releasing it, getting it distributed before, I think they said like the first of the year. And Moderna was one of the the first. And they were doing it in this third generation style. And the third generation style has some some benefits to it. I, I just want to go through real Please. quick with these. Because just so you know, going through this, I'm not here to teach anything at mm-hmm. all. It's all my opinion about things. So I'm I'm here hoping I can learn a couple things. So yeah, and I'm I'll just see trying if I, to, there's anything I could take away from it is fine by me. Yeah, and I'm just trying to learn some stuff too because again, this is like a foreign thing for me. I, I'm not used to even caring about vaccines because I've been young and and healthy most of my life. And even the flu was like, I didn't get the flu vaccine unless, unless someone required it of me. And in some cases um, I had to have that in uh, for uh, track and field stuff. So they have these different, they call them vaccine um, platforms. The first generation vaccine is a weak conversion of the virus. Right. So uh, they, one of the concerns about, getting a COVID vaccine is just the, the timeline. A lot of vaccines take a long time. Well, I didn't know this before, but the first generation vaccines, they actually have to create the vaccine. Like they have to um, farm it essentially. And they were talking about putting it in eggs, chicken eggs. Hmm. And they would use that as the medium for the virus to grow. Hmm. And it's like a damaged version of the virus, but it takes a long time to make a lot of vaccine because you actually have to grow it. There's a, a timeline uh, of, of when that actually happens. And, and then this also, the first generation, they use it for, they use it for the flu, chicken pox, like I said, polio, measles, uh, rubella. And it was pretty effective for these things. In fact, polio was one of the biggest things that, I mean, are you familiar with polio? A little bit. Yeah, it's like devastating to people. Yeah. It will cripple them for I, their life. I had a buddy that had has polio mm-hmm. and his his arm like stopped growing when he was like ten or something like that. And so he had a arm that was useless essentially. Mm-hmm. And um but yeah, yeah. And that was a good case. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, right. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from his situation, but but yeah. hell, I'll be fair that he could play better sports than me with <laughs> baseball <laughs> stuff than me. But. Yeah, but you know, we we talk about uh, Bill Gates one, once in a while, and and I know you're not a, a big fan <laughs> as I bring it up here, even more so now. Uh, That's and, another side. and and so he. I don't know if it was the Gates Foundation, but he has put a lot of money into getting kids vaccinated for polio because it's such a devastating disease. And really, the the only the only way that you can avoid it is by getting vaccinated, because if you get introduced to it, it will do some really bad things to you. I mean, you see the results of, of what it looks like. And uh and so there was this big push to get folks vaccinated from polio because it is such a devastating uh, disease. But um, that was like a worldwide push. Lots and lots of money. I don't know if it was a billion dollars, but it was a lot of money to get uh, it, you know, folks vaccinated from around the world. That's a, a, a first generation vaccine. So they actually have to grow this stuff and it takes forever. With COVID, they wanted to speed the process. And they did second generation vaccines. And this they said that this was probably the most popular method to address covid, but it's not the fastest. And what a second generation is, is that it gives the body the antigen and the antigen. I'll I'll just kind of read what I had read. It says it's a unique marker on the virus. And basically uh it tells when your body sees this this antigen your body then remembers it and uh and basically knows how to attack it so the antigen is like that unique marker that a virus will introduce into your body that your body can then identify and then start doing something right. with it and so the second generation vaccines really they don't want to introduce the virus they actually want to introduce the marker so which is a bit safer because now your body is just seeing the marker. It's not seeing the potential for the, the, the virus, the potentially dead or non-functional virus. Cause viruses really aren't alive. Maybe I should explain that, but the, uh, I think it was in world war two, I think it was for the yellow fever. We had a whole bunch of people vaccinated for the yellow fever and I think that was a bad vaccine, and people actually got very, very sick from it. And, and I, in fact, I think a lot of people died from it. There was an article, I can't remember when, but this was like, I think it was in the 50s, where the, the vaccine was sent out, and it ended up killing a whole bunch of people because the virus was still functional. So people got the virus, and then suffer the consequences and that's that first generation Hmm. so that scenario scares me and i think that's where my original fear was with with some of these things because you know they're giving you a a dying or or damaged version of it and i thought well that's still the virus isn't it you know but it's not like the same as what we're doing now the third generation is is much more uh quick because you can synthesize this whole thing in a lab and not have to grow it in, you know, chickens' eggs or anything no, like that. they grow it in you guys. <laughs> they grow it in us. Um, so basically, it's a piece of genetic code 
that they can create. And that genetic code tells your body what the virus will do, but it doesn't actually tell your cells to create the virus. It, it helps your cells identify what it is and, um, and then and it starts to fight it. The reason that they started going in this, this direction is because of the timeline of, of needing a vaccine. They wanted it shrunk down. And by being able to mass produce something like this versus growing it in a lab, which is what generation one and generation two is, you can cut down the timeline of actually having enough vaccine to send it through the population. Um, we'll talk about the clinical trials in a bit, but that's another area that they could kind of shrink down the timeline. <clears throat> and then the other was being able to manufacture it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Moderna is the third generation vaccine and they knocked that thing out in how many months? It's almost like that to me, it seemed like, how about this? To me, it seems like they already had it made. The time that it took for them to knock it out was just the time it took for them to to make that many. I think you're right on the, on the right track there, Dave. You know why? Because uh, coronavirus already exists. Right. We've seen it with MERS and SARS, and I think there's several others. Yes. And so when these things have been introduced, uh, there are companies, there are uh, educational institutions, there are government agencies, all these different places are trying to create these vaccines for that particular outbreak. I I was reading about one from Oxford, and they had created one for, I think it was MERS. That's a Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Hmm. I think that's what they call it. Boy, I bet you they don't like that, just like China doesn't like (laughs) called China flu. That's true. (laughs) That's true. And, uh, And I think that they, because MERS was didn't become like this massive pandemic. It was uh, isolated to some things. They didn't get to the the final stage of, of their clinical trials. But when, when COVID-19 hit, suddenly they had all of this work that was already done. Mm-hmm. And so they could apply that to this vaccine, which is, which gave them a massive head start in the clinical trials. Right. <clears throat> and true or not, but that's where, when, cause that's true. Well, excuse me, what you said was true, but what I'm about to say is, whether it's true or not, the conspiracy theorists get to go, wait a minute, because they believe that. And then they could take it a step further going, well, and that they've even said that, yeah, they just made the virus to fit a vaccine that's already there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, so you know, that there's people out there that think that, that this was all um, made to take over so they could, you know, it, it was all set up at a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, the vaccine was already set there and already made. So let's just, you know, create the problem. Now these people have a way to control them. Well, that's a lot of people to be in on a, on a conspiracy. Boy, there's a, a question of whether COVID was from a bat or an animal mm-hmm. market versus released from a, from a <clears> lab. <throat> right. I don't know what's true, and I'm not sure that they know exactly what's true as far as, like, the government or the World Health Organization, but uh, there was a big push to blame it on bats, and then there was a big push that, oh, well, it probably came from one of these open, like, markets, street right. markets with where they sell a lot of animals and butcher animals and right the there. And the bats. Uh, and then 
And then there is some real legitimacy to the idea that it was actually in a lab. Right, which happened to be down the street from the same place that they were talking about, (laughs) too. Well, because they, you know, they can, the scientists can test the genetic code. Right. And they can, and they can get, they can kind of trace it back to other instances. And from what I'm hearing is that 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 lab had this version. Right. In fact, because they first came up, well... Well, I will say that the, I, I can't I can't recall which one was first, the lab or the or the bat, but it was about the same time. But then they they shut that whole lab situation down, mm-hmm. and they said no, it's the bat. And then they said yeah, but the bat is freaking like four hundred miles away. Blah 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 blah. But they have since come back to it was it was either they talked about it was the lab. Like they almost made it sound like it was definitively the lab. Mm-hmm. Then the question was, well, did it get leaked on purpose or was it an accidental leak? So that's the last thing I heard was that it was the lab, but now is it accidental or on purpose? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and why are they looking around with that kind of stuff? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, you know, you shouldn't, well, I understand that they want to test stuff and figure out how things work. I mean, there's tons of places, you know, that that study viruses. I mean, we should probably be studying viruses, but for the the good of the population, not for weaponization or <laughs> crowd control. Uh, do you want to talk about the clinical trials and how this stuff actually? Yeah, we we I'll, sure can. I'll go I'll go quick through it. Yeah, so sure. I don't I don't bore people, but. One of the concerns is that we wanted to get, we, uh, the government population, I guess, wanted to get vaccines, you know, rolled out really fast. And the problem is, is that when you, when you have um, this, this clinical trial process, sometimes these clinical trials, they start off with a basic, uh, like a small group of people, and they give that person the vaccine, and then they monitor them. And not only are they monitoring for, like, side effects, for it, but they're also monitoring whether they get sick from whatever they're being vaccinated against, which creates a, a bit of a struggle in in the timeline. And, and this is I didn't kind of I, I didn't pick this up until I, I started reading into it. And that is drugs are a little bit different than vaccines in that most people are going to get receive a drug when they already have a problem. You know, they might have a placebo and they're going to study, you know, what that baseline is. But in a drug, people are already sick, and they're so, so they're getting the drug and monitoring their recovery, potential recovery and side effects. Mm-hmm. With a vaccine, you're not giving the vaccine to someone who's already sick. You have to wait around for them to get sick, which could take a long time because they may never, they may never get sick. Right. And especially with our understanding of what COVID was, was early on about thinking, oh, we had to worry about all these surfaces and all these other things, not knowing till now that really it's primary transmission is always through aerosol, you know? Um, so the, the phase one small group normally lasts a few months. They're studying them. Phase two, again, small group, but they're going to, they're going to monitor them for a much longer period. We're talking, six months to maybe even a couple of years. The last phase, they increase the number of people that they're monitoring and they monitor for potentially over four years. Hmm. We're how far into this? Right. (laughs) Right. We just started. And this is where a lot of our concerns have come from. We don't know what the long-term effects are. 
Right. Like I mentioned before that there's more scrutiny putting in, in the, in releasing the new automobile <laughs> yeah. for the next year, yeah. the more testing going on before they can release it out to, to, for, before somebody's allowed to buy it. Cause there's more, make sure that the airbags are what's the latest, you know, safety thing that's going on that you have to have your anti-lock braking system. And is it working perfectly, mm-hmm. you know, because there's lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Well, they could shove this one right out because they're free from any negative side, uh, side effect, because they're free from any lawsuits or anything coming back on them. Because mm-hmm. in a t- pandemic, you could shove anything out our way and force anything our way. Yeah, er- early on, I want to say this was maybe a month or so. I think it was a month or so after things kind of got shot down. I ended up uh, getting a sore throat. And Sorry. that's and that's one <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that or, or that's one of the uh, um, um, symptoms they say is a sore throat. Well, once in a while I snore, and I know if I've snored the night before because I get a sore throat. Well, I had to let my boss know just out of caution, and he's like, "Well, got to go get tested," and so I went and got tested. And I thought, not a big deal. I'll go in. I'll get the test done. I, you know, I didn't feel really sick. I just felt like I had a, beginnings of a sore throat. I go in, and they give me all this, or I didn't go in. I, I booked it online, but they gave me all this paperwork that I had to fill out. And I had to, like, release all liability. Right. I was floored. I was like, well, I can't. I, I, I have to do this as part of my job. But I don't want my, all of my information sent to these, I think it was three different in, uh, agencies. Right. And then, and then, like, I can't, there's, I, I can't sue them if they screw something up. Right. <laughs> okay, so I uh, move on to some of these, uh, these arguments about vaccination, mm-hmm. pros and cons. And I, to be honest, I had a hard time finding the, the ones that were against the vaccines Boy, that, weren't, hard. that weren't just a personal story. Mm-hmm. you know sure, sure and that's and that's where i struggled because you know you can you can say with statistics and you can say with scientific results certain things about how something is good or bad or what the results are but then if you look at the number of people who claim something about well i had this experience then there's not really a science behind it because they're not they're not claiming that that thing is the way it is because of the, the these um uh, this evidence right well you and i could have the same vaccine i don't care if it's the covid one or any mm-hmm. other one for and we could get the same one the same time the same place mm-hmm. and on a health level you know you might be an eight or nine i might be a six or seven of health wise, but we're going to get a different effect. Of yeah. it. I could be sick as hell fr- fr- from it. And you could never even, even have a hint of, of a side effect. You yeah. know, it could be really different. It, it, it's not even, even a, I, let's say if I work out the same as you and I was at the same health level as you, it's genetics. We handle things differently. I could handle maybe a cold or a flu better than you, or something. just, I don't know. I'm just well, throwing it out there. But you're right because your experience through life is different than my experience right. through life. Your your genetics are going to give you advantages in certain areas that I won't have. Right. But you also experienced other viruses and other germs that your body remembers. That's right. That I never that my body never experienced. Right. Uh we were talking earlier about uh spacing out the vaccines for your kid. Sure. And and the idea that you know, they when they go through all these clinical trials, 
they're testing out their vaccine. They're not really testing it with all of these other things. They have to monitor for that type of stuff, but they're they're trying to to isolate their vaccine with this person, and so, they're not considering did they get you know these other four vaccines at the same time. So I don't know if this is going to help anything at all. So just bear with me. Just mm-hmm. popped in my head. So sure. at my old job, I used to be on a on a the safety team and an incident reporter. So if anybody had an incident or something to report, they'd come to me and then I'd look into it and investigate, see what's going on. So somebody came in and said, Hey man, I'm getting some weird fumes over here and it just smells bad. I don't just, every time I'm in this room, I just don't feel good. So I go and I talk to other people and they're like, man, she ain't just making up stuff. She just wants to get out of all <laughs> stuff. This has been here forever and we use this. So let's look it up. Let's go look at the MSDS. Sure enough, I looked at the MSDS. This could create this and that if it's, you know, blah, 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 each one. And, and there's several chemicals. And in, in it was an x-ray room, and there's a lot of chemicals for developing film and all this stuff. And so each one of those shouldn't give you that issue. I don't understand. Well, guess, 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 guess what? So there's this plastic tray that sits underneath. It was probably about a four by eight tray mm-hmm. that all these barrels sit on. So if there's any leaks, no worries. It just it just lands in the tray. It doesn't seep out and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, what in the hell happens when they all leak and they create a new chemical? So sure enough, four or five of these these um, chemicals are all okay by themselves, but they leaked a little bit, leaked a little bit, and each each of them leaked a little bit into this tray that created a different. Like ammonia and bleach, put that together. Oh yeah, trouble. Sorry, put that stuff together. <laughs> and you know, so so the point is, is if those were all different vaccinations, sure enough. But you put them all together, you could have a new yeah. problem. Yeah. You know, unless you're, are you testing this vaccination with this one? Yeah. No. Why would you? Well, well, right. That's not you're 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 making yeah. a vaccination for. I'm just making it polio, not for, you know, measles. You know, but how about? When are you now looking to, when are you administering them? Mm-hmm. At the same time, think about that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, those of you who are not sure about what an MSDS is, it's oh. just a list of chemicals that exist within your your building that you need to track and make sure that you're updating safety protocols and not mixing uh, according to the manufacturer's suggestion. Right, you can go to it to, to look up anything in your area to yeah. see the dangers. and Yeah, but you're right. If you think about these these vaccines and how they're monitoring people's health, there are so many other factors that can be introduced by just having multiple things at the same time, plus any medications that right. you might be taking that- or environmental uh conditions that you might live in right. or work in. If you're on aspirin all the time, I mean, there's a reason why you have to... Or disclose- birth control, right? Birth control, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did have a hard time finding um, arguments that, to me, seemed really legitimate about, um, you know, why you shouldn't get a vaccine. You know, a lot of, a lot of arguments for that, that I kind of lean towards agreeing with one of the things that scares me the most is the mutations so in for a virus a virus isn't technically living it's a genetic code that it can't do anything unless it infects uh, a a living cell and that living cell absorbs that, that genetic code and then starts basically replicating that genetic code which is the virus 
and then that can spread and then other living cells from some other person can do it it happens in what's the term um uh zoonotics which is an animal getting a virus and transferring it to a human like swine flu right so those type of things you can get a virus that will uh replicate well every single time that that genetic code gets replicated from a cell the potential of that thing uh, mutating is there it, on every single replication there's possibility that that genetic code is going to have some difference and that difference you know the evolutionary thing is is that if that difference gives that thing an advantage to be able to replicate even more then that genetic instruction is the thing that gets replicated more so you get more of that thing it's how we get you know like bacteria that's resistance to uh, antibiotics well these viruses not only can they change the way that they infect a cell they can change the way that they transfer and like i said from an animal to a human or vice versa so by getting vaccinated by getting to herd immunity the faster that you go through a vaccination herd immunity, um, the lower the opportunity for the virus to replicate and then mutate. And right now in India, they're having a major problem with uh, COVID because it's a different variant. And we have quite a few different variants that are, are out there right now. But so far, uh, the vaccinations that that, are, that exist have shown to be uh, pretty good at resisting you know, a major illness from, from the virus. Well, you know, I, I brought up about, so I always hear example is Biden, when he talks about getting people vaccinated, he's trying to get the majority of people vaccinated. And I'm trying, I like to use a quote, but he, he switches around so much. It's hard to quote, Mm -hmm. but, um, but they're always talking about the majority of the people, because what I was talking about the pheromones and stuff Mm -hmm. is that they were making it. So, they don't need everybody to get it because it will get into other people that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. I'm going to you know read what? about Here, that. Here's what's, I, I'm curious. I could send you the link, but I didn't want to send it to you because you just had your... your <laughs> you want to scare me? You, well, yeah, because well, you also have a daughter too. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, I don't want my daughter to come up and run and give you a hug right now because <laughs> guess what? Yeah. Because it is so new and they're, what we've touched base on is that Mm-hmm. Their their studies is such short period of time. Mm-hmm. We have just as much concern. I mean, like I am not trying to tell anybody not to get vaccinated for any any purpose, COVID or measles or anything. I'm just saying, just do your research before you do it. Mm-hmm. So if you are for it, just just stop and read it again. Mm-hmm. I know family members that have none of their kids are vaccinated for anything, and they're healthy, great kids. And I'm not against that at all. And I know there's people that are vaccinated for everything. Like they line up, they get it done, get it done, go, 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 go. You mm-hmm. better believe it. If it's on the list, let's get it, get it, get it. Yeah. I'm not against that either. But I think it's dumb. If you don't get vaccinated, have a purpose. If mm-hmm. you do go get vaccinated, have a, have a reason for anything a that you do. It, Please yeah. look into it. Yeah. Because I am against it as much as I am for it. I know it's hard to understand that, mm-hmm. but... Well, you know, the, the argument for vaccination, this, that was the one argument that I go, yeah, I can, I can go along with that in agreement because the mutations, it's like any other bacteria that exists, you know, staph is a really nasty one and it, it's very resistant to, um, certain types of, I think it's antibiotics and 
And so, and you certainly don't want to get it. Anytime that these things replicate, the potential for them to change uh, is there. And that's kind of scary in a, a massive environment. Now, here's the other thing. When you're talking about herd immunity, in herd immunity, you, and, and this is why I'm still in the argument of you should have personal choice on whether you do it or not do it. And you shouldn't be, like we were talking about on the other podcast, not to be socially pressured into sure, it. Sure. The problem is, is that we're in an environment right now where there's a ton more social pressure to well, they get They ask it. you to pressure your friends and family. Yeah, they actually ask they you actually to. do it, yeah. But if you look at true herd immunity previous to COVID-19, if you look at, at that, you can see populations do really, really well because either people have gotten the vaccine or they've survived the infection and you start seeing the the case numbers drop off significantly and we're talking in certain countries but you might end up having like like say in an african country where ebola pops up and you go where did that come from i thought that was eradicated but we haven't seen ebola in the united states except for the folks that we brought in from i think africa that we ended up treating and and they i think they recovered from so you can get herd immunity in certain areas. Um, and for us, I go, that would make sense. Like in, in the, um, like in the idea that in the United States, we're a big country with a certain amount of controls over our population, but then we also have all these states and the states have some control over that area. Right. And then we also have it in counties. So, Herd immunity, to me, is not a global herd immunity. It can be localized. So why should we push so hard to get everyone vaccinated when it appears that a 60% herd immunity is pretty darn effective? Nope. Why are we so worried about right. it? Right. I agree. I don't, <clears throat> think, I don't think that it goes along with what the Democrats are saying about this whole like shutting businesses down right. and I their socialist uh, agenda. Because how about this? It I don't. I, I I'm not smart enough to uh, with with having all the data in my head to throw out at you. Mm. But I've read enough to know that. Talk to me about the differences between that and the flu. Why would we do this mm-hmm. against the flu? There's been equal amount of people dying from the flu of all these mm-hmm. years, and everybody still has to take the flu shots, and it's always changing. But guess what? Not everybody has to take the flu shot. Yeah. So I watched a, a show and I, producer E is unfortunately not here uh, for the episode, but otherwise I'd, I'd have him bring it up. But they, they gave this diagram, which I thought was very interesting. And it basically laid out the the different viruses that, that we've seen. And they put it on a scale of how deadly it is and then uh, how contagious it is. Okay, so the x-axis at the bottom going across is is how contagious. And then the y-axis going up is how dangerous it is, how deadly is it. And they were putting out here, like, um, the bubonic plague, very extremely deadly. It's at the very top of it. How contagious? It's somewhat contagious. Not to the very, not to the extreme. And then they have these other ones like the um, Ebola. That one is getting towards that deadly extreme range, but it's not super contagious. In fact, when you start looking down the list, you go, 
well, there's the swine flu. It's very less deadly, and it's somewhat contagious. Well, COVID turns out it's very near that that area where it's not extremely deadly. In fact, they say that it's you know it's deadly, but it's not to those extreme levels. And how contagious? It doesn't go past the very. It's under very. It's just contagious. So why are we freaking out about it so much? Because if you look at it, it's very similar to the seasonal flu. Hit that subscribe button and the bell notifications if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're just listening to the podcast, again, please share it with others that might be interested in listening. And until we see you next time, take care. And be safe.